Welcome to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. There is a Stansbury Show today because a single Mega Millions ticket was sold Son of a bitch. in California where some dude was at a liquor store, bought a ticket, and now he has $308 million. Wow. Dude, that's so much money. That's so much money. You could blow $200 million and you'd still be loaded. You'd be fine. Yeah, you got $100 million left at that point. Be nuts. Actually, Mega Millions is where we're going to start the show today because my mother is in town. <laughs> and my mom is, is, uh, lives in Las Vegas. And they don't, have a, they don't have Mega Millions or state lottery in Vegas. You can't buy lottery tickets in Vegas because of all the gambling you can do. Their whole thing is like, ah, we got enough of this. I wonder when, as you know, as, as sports betting becomes more and more, you know, acceptable, and it's going to be a federal thing. I wonder if that's going to change how lottery systems work. I never thought of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So she wanted to buy some tickets. So uh, she's staying with a friend of hers in Medina. So we we, we I was like, okay, well, we'll go into this gas station. Here. Okay. So my mom like walks up to the counter. She hasn't bought lottery tickets at first. So she's like, Daniel, what do I do? But I was like, well, you tell the you tell the you know attendant person what it is you would like. And then they start talking to her about multipliers <laughs> and everything else. Jeez. I thought her head was going to smoke. Like, if you give her, like, a slot machine, my mom's an ace at that. Okay. Sit her down at a poker table, she's an ace at that. Okay. Like, but any Vegas thing, she's down with. But, like, it, she has no idea about the lottery. Well, that's the thing. I think it's people who don't necessarily gamble. Um, it's a little intimidating. You sure. know what I mean? Like, you don't necessarily know the rules well, and Well, the stuff. pricing's strange. And, and and we've talked about this before, where you and I are familiar with the terms of sports gambling. A lot of dudes are like, dude, I've never done this before. What's the over? What are you guys talking yeah. about there? So, like, the whole of buying lottery tickets, placing bets, doing stuff like that. Some people are just like, I don't know what to do here. She didn't know what to do. Okay. Like, she was terrified in Speedway. <laughs> like, she just, like, the whole system was like... Like, you know, crumbling down. Okay. So then she gets three Mega Millions tickets, and then they ask her, well, do you want the Mega Plier or whatever it's called? And she was like, do I? And I was like, it, it means more money. And she's like, yes. That's what- <laughs> <laughs> so now, you know, now she's like, of course, like every little old lady ever didn't like think the purchase process through before starting the right. purchase process. So now we're at the end of the process and now we start looking for the money versus like, hey, let me get the money out of my purse and then we'll go in and ask for this thing. Do you take checks? <laughs> like, no, lady. What are, what are you well, talking about? That's, that's almost what happened. And I had to cool my mother down. Like, I thought she was like, oh my God. I was like, if you counter jump in this, we're on closed caption TV tomorrow <laughs> with you like, you know, going kung fu style on some like, you know, gas station attendant. My life's going to turn upside down. Because my mom then whips into her purse and she pulls out a $100 bill. All right. And I look at my mother and I was like, what the hell are you going to do with that? Benjamin's right there. Okay. She was like, what? It's money. I was like, Did, I was like, do you think Speedway's just going to take this $100 bill right now? And she was like, yeah. I was like, mom, I was like, I guarantee you she's going to tell you that she can't take that bill right now. So sure enough, my mom is like, here and like gives the woman the $100 bill. And she's like, I'm sorry, we don't take those. And my mom now, like, again, she's old. She's a little cranky, and she just wants her, you know, free ticket to, you know, stardom, <laughs> right? Wait, right. What is your mom gonna do with three hundred million dollars, dude? That's what I would love to know. But have okay. a heart attack and die on the floor. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Here comes the big one. And so, like, the lady won't take the hundred dollar bill. So right. now my mom's like irritated because she doesn't understand this. Because again, this isn't an everywhere thing, at least not for her. A gas station in Las Vegas isn't gonna bat an eye at a hundred dollar bill. They don't do that there. Like, you got a fifty, you got a hundred, give it to us. 
because so many people have $100 bills there because everybody's, you know, winning money. People get tipped $100 in chips. And so, like, $100 bills aren't as rare as they are here. I think cash is very common in travel, too. Yes. So if you're, if, if, you're, if you're in a tourist area, you're going to be dealing with that a lot more they're frequently. Just, they're, they're more likely to be doing it. Right. And so, like, she couldn't get it through her head that it was an acceptable thing for, her, for people to tell you you can't use American money. Like, she went to that. She's like, this is American currency. And I was like, ah, okay, all right, all right. Before we get into, like, foreign policy. <laughs> are we going to build and, a wall? What exa- are we doing exactly, here, exactly right. What are we doing? <laughs> Before we, you know, I was like, I can't. No, 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 no. We're not starting wars in here. I understand the frustration, though. I, I mean, thought she was going to start a spiel about foreign oil <laughs> in a gas station, and I was just like, dear God. Like, I, I don't know. I'm terrified. Just please be quiet. On the money, it says all debts, you know, public and private. So, yeah, like, but it, when did they write that down? I don't know, but I mean, probably the same time they wrote the Constitution, but we still you know, have to abide by that. So, like... I do understand that frustration, especially since it's not like it's not like you're going into even like a, even like any store. Because what if I bought sixty dollars worth of gas? I should be able to pay with a hundred, right? Uh, yeah, you would. Well, there should be enough money in there, right? I understand the business is like, well, look, we don't want you know there to be a bunch of money in here. We don't, you know if we get robbed. Yeah. I, I totally get it. Like New York's going like cashless. Like a lot of places in New York City, you can't even use cash anymore. They'll that way if they get robbed, all you can take is product. I'm not in love with that just yet. I, uh, I I also think it's just a way for them to track everything you're doing and to make sure that you know the government's getting every last bit of their money that they want to take from you, um, and that's why I don't love it. So I understand that, but like it is, there was a little bit of me where I was like, yeah, dude, my mom's kind of right. This is American currency, like take the money. <laughs> know what I mean? But like for sure, I thought we were gonna get into like you know foreign oil and like we got <laughs> we got we got to get off the dependence of this, and this is why nobody takes this money. So long story short, we ended up at three gas stations down the street, and somebody did take the hundred dollar bill from her finally, uh, and she got her tickets. They're hanging off my refrigerator, but we just checked this morning. Son of a- Bitch. And a guy in San Jose, California, won $308 million. I started thinking about it. I was yeah. like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, obviously, so I, like, I Googled it. I was like, what you should do if you win a bunch of money, right? And they say the first thing you do is hire a lawyer. Yeah. Then you hire an accountant. And then I, I also read this thing that Mark Cuban's been very uh, public on record as of saying this when people like come into a large sum of money when they weren't necessarily expecting it. He's like, dude, the last thing, he's like, do not invest the money. It's like, everybody's going to tell you to invest the money. That's really, really dumb. Don't invest the money. He was like, were you an investor two days ago? No. 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 He's like, you're not an investor now. He was like, so everybody's going to have a great idea on how you should invest that money because it's not theirs. Everybody's got a great idea. He's like, your money's going to fly right out of the window. He's like, you weren't an investor two days ago. You're not an investor now. Just put it in the bank and the interest will be more than enough money for a regular person. You'll be fine. And I was like, you know what? $308 million is absolutely right. I'm investing nothing. Screw you, Apple. I'm keeping it all. Yeah, I mean, $300 million there, of course. You know, you can live off the interest alone. It's $300 million. Um, the, the problem I think I would run into is, like, how do I hire that attorney? How do I hire that accountant? How do I hire somebody that I trust? I'm going with just names. I, I don't. I don't have that, you know... If if I was somebody who came from money, then yeah, you would have some sort of understanding of the financial situation. You would probably have an existing relationship. Trust Chuck, right? With, Call Swap. <laughs> you would have you would have some sort of existing relationship with a financial expert there. That somebody like you know whoever is taking care of your dad's money, you'd be able to be like, okay, I trust that guy. Where it's like, if it were me, who who do I trust? Yeah. See, luckily for me, I watch the Golf Channel, so they okay. advertise all these companies. I don't understand what they do. Like apparently, dude, if you watch that channel, you need IBM for stuff. Okay. I don't even know what they do. And 
it's like, yeah, no, it, okay? get us in there. Our business solutions. We'll, <laughs> we'll help your business. We'll help your business do what your business does. And I'm like, I, uh, dude, apparently people who watch this sport understand this stuff. I never know anything. I understand the sport, the advertising, not at all. So, like, I'm just calling, like, the first four companies I see during that. I, I just, you know, you hear about it all the time where people, and you're right, whether it's an unexpected sum of money from an inheritance or something, or the lottery is really where the where, where the where the trope kind of comes in, but like you you become this person who thinks that they have this all figured out. You've but got you don't. you don't you have zero clue. You've got all these people looking to exploit you, and like. I don't know where I stand because I want to say I understand how people go bankrupt all the time, but we're talking about three hundred goddamn million dollars, and if you go bankrupt off of that, that's your fault, right? Dude, if your uncle dies and you get two hundred fifty thousand dollars and you go broke after that, I can see that because okay. an average person's life could burn through two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh easy. yeah, oh yeah, easy, especially if you have a couple of kids, right? So that's easy. I don't. At my age, if you burn through $300 million before you die, and you didn't just die because you were burning through $308 million. <laughs> just slipping right through it. Then you're an idiot. Then you are an absolute idiot. Yeah. Now, if I give you $300 million at 18, and you got to stay alive another 60 years, and you're going to be dumb for the next 20, I mean, maybe... Maybe I mean, dude, a million dollars does not go as far as it want, as it used to. But let's no. but let's look at this. So I started thinking about what I wanted to do, right? And I have very I said this to Fantone yesterday when I was thinking about buying the tickets. I have very meager dreams now. Like I don't I don't, I'm not necessarily a possessions person anymore. Like I was when I was a kid, obviously, but not so much anymore. So like my champagne dreams are not very much. Like ultimate like so I looked it up again yesterday, right? The, the house I would want to buy tomorrow on the coast of Oregon is $2.6 million, which isn't crazy. Like, it's not like it's no. like, oh, my God, no. what are you doing? Like, celebrities buy $10 million homes in the Hollywood Hills all the time. Well, once you have that money, though, does your dream change? I So, again, I, I, I want to say no, but, again, you put the check in my hand tomorrow. $300 who, million. who knows what happens? But, again, it's in the – I mean, dude, it's it's there's no neighbors. It's on a cliff overlooking the ocean. It's perfect, and it's $2.6 million. Okay. Right? Okay. So then I was like, all right, so then you want one of those. And then what? $100,000 SUV? That way you have something to drive? Okay. Now you got a Range Rover. Now you got a house on, on the Oregon coast. What the hell am I going to do with the rest of the money? Right. I mean, like, and then at that point. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with it? I guess investments in, in, in scams where you get caught up. Somebody's your financial expert and they're stealing from you and, like, you just don't know what's happening to the money because you have so much of it. But, dude, you're right. $300 million. If you burn that out. It's on you. I mean, I just want to travel the country and play the world's best golf courses and or the country's best golf course. Well, probably the world's. And I don't think you can go broke doing that. I know. Not off three hundred million. Not yeah. off three hundred million. If you were given a million and that was your dream, it's oh, like, oh, dude, then of you, course, burn through it for sure. Dude, I could spend a million dollars in Gatsby's. It would honestly, it would, <laughs> it would take me absolutely no time to do it, and it would be paying the Uber driver to take me back out of here. Let's go. I gotta go. Let's go home. Manscaping is something that is a huge problem, and I have a product in mind that's not on the market right now. I don't believe, and uh, we'll find out if I'm smart enough to invent the thing that shaves your bees better than you know how to do it right now. We'll find out next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 645, we got a really weird email from our boss. And it's not the email we thought we were going to get this morning. No. 
and it's really strange, and he's suggesting that we do something, which is his job. Now, it's not show-related. It's not content-related. It's not, hey, tighten this up, get better at this, make sure you're doing this, make sure to timestamp this. It's not, it's not direction of program. There's just an activity. He's like, hey, you two should sign up for this. And it was really strange. So at 645, we'll get into that. Okay. I really want to get into weird. it. I, I know do. you do. I do. I just I want to read the email one more time before okay. we discuss. I want to make sure I have some of the facts straight. But that was really strange. Manscaping can be tricky. Yeah. Okay. Um, and right now, ladies are rolling their eyes. Like, yeah, dude, we know. We've been doing this forever. The bikini line has been a bitch forever. I said something to my girlfriend the other day, and I don't even shave with a razor. I just shave with like clippers because I don't take it all the way down. I was like, man, I wish Me I, too. I was like, I wish I never had to shave again. This is a real pain in my ass, you yeah. know? And she's like, I do it every day, dummy, like with the, like my legs. Like, you know what I mean? Armpits, all, all right, kinds of stuff. Right. Like, there's so much more ground to cover where I'm like, oh, man, boy, it's a real inconvenience to me. And she's Which, like, I know. By the way, thanks. Like, thank you. I don't know when that started of, like, let's get women without the hair all right. the places, right. but I'm a fan. I'm in support. So, you know what? I know it's a bitch. I know it's a struggle, but you don't know around the ankle. I know, but thanks. <laughs> Thank you for doing it. I, uh, I've i been trying to hit it for a while now, but their laser hair removal is very common in radio. You hear it almost every station, and the joke's been made of, like, God damn, what kind of werewolves work at these stations? But it, I've, been, I've been trying to hit it for a while where it's like, dude, just, just, just take care of my girlfriend for me. Because what a good endorsement that is, is like, yo, it's Fantone, and I don't ever have to worry about my girlfriend's hairy legs anymore, right? Ah, like, yeah, that's a good idea. Because I mean, that's, dude, that's a good idea. It, it, they're doing it for us. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's totally where it should be. Yeah, no, that's not a bad idea at all. I like it. So, there are a couple of things that, you know, they say are tricks for manscaping. All right. And this first one, I can't believe I would have to tell anybody. All right. And I always, this is what kills me about you and I. And this is a good insight into this whole program right here, is that I'm always perceived to be negative. He's always perceived to be so positive. And yet I always say, I can't believe I have to tell people things like this. And you always say, yeah, dude, people are dumb. People are dumb, dude. And so it's like, so 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 maybe you're more negative. But it says here, don't multitask with your tools. Meaning if you're using a pair of scissors, to clip your pubic hair, right. don't use them for anything else in the house. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, this is one of those things that every like lame you know comedian has ever kind of pointed out. Well, warning labels come from something. Some idiot put this in his mouth. And right. But obviously, warnings do come from something, meaning some idiot somewhere was seen doing this. Yeah, and here's the thing, dude. You don't even think it's probably rare. I don't think it's rare at all, bro. Think about Think about all the gross stuff dudes do on a regular basis. We just did a list, I don't know, it was like last week or earlier this week. Gross things we all do. We were talking about gross things we all do, and the one thing we all agreed on was that every dude is is scratching his junk and then smelling his fingers. And if you're gross enough to do that, why is it so out of bounds where it's like, I mean, like... I didn't put magnets in my my balls (laughs) and my fingers. You know what I mean? Blame the maker. Think about, think about, like, just like the 
nastiness on a regular basis where it's like we've talked about like dudes who are just like, oh, skid marks. And it's like, well, yeah. wipe your well, butt better, well, dude. Yeah, like, what but, the hell's the matter but with you? you know you have brown stains in your underwear. You continue to live with those brown stains in your underwear. And you still have a wife. And and and, and for some reason no or another. she's on Bumble. Using, <laughs> for some reason or another, using a razor two different places, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're groin in your face. I think that's totally inbounds. I think that's happening all the time, bro. Wouldn't you? I wouldn't even want to get the two areas mucked up together. Like, I don't want those two. Like, I want them separate. I, For me. I do too, but I'm just telling you that there's a big group. And now. Dude, and I'm not that. I'm like, I'm kind of a gross dude. There's a big, big. We're all gross people, but there's a big yeah, section. Yeah, that is true. There's a big section of people who are a little bit grosser, and I don't think that that's out of bounds at all. Dude, having to tell people not to use. That is disgusting. Now, at the end of the day, you like I don't even like touching the set of clippers that I manscape with. I, I like, dude, there's gloves involved with that process. I lay towels down on the floor. There's, dude, a whole bunch of stuff goes down. <laughs> you've, 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 you've got a lot of things like, I mean, like a bar of soap. And I know the, the big joke is, well, millennials are killing bars of soap. But like, how many dudes in their lives have been like scrubbing, you know, scrubbing with that bar of soap on their that chest, is gross. scrubbing their crotch, and then yeah. scrubbing their butt, and then all of a sudden just putting it right back, right back where it goes, and just going on with their day. Well, it's like that famous scene from Friends, right? Where Joey says, think about the last thing I wash and the first thing you wash. Exactly. And they, yeah, they were living together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. They say also here, nearly 50% of women prefer their partner to either be totally or partially hair free. That's from a 2014 study. Really? Yeah. Surprise. Um... So what's the, what, what, you're surprised that ha, yeah. that ha, you so what do you think that, that 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 percentage of women would have been higher than fifty? I think that I think that most women want the hair to be under control, but they still want something, some sort of hair to feel there. like they're with a man. Yeah, I think I think body hairs it's unquestionably masculine or perceived as such. So like I'm I'm a little bit surprised by that. I I like I keep the you ever seen Sean White. Yeah. Not the snowboarder. No. Okay. The social justice warrior. Okay. okay. You know how tight he keeps his like his okay. fade? Okay. I kinda like that. That's the system. Give me Sean White <sighs> Jeez, dude. You know what I mean? Like I, like where it's there. But that that's not a bad system. Um, it, To me, it's like a haircut where it's like, yeah, you can not get your haircut and still be a somewhat decent looking person. But boy, what a difference it makes when you have your stuff together there. So I, I, I'm not I'm not going Mr. Mr. Clean, but I do want it to be like, all right, you've obviously taken care of this. I am. Um, I can get lazy with this. Yeah, of course, because um, it, well, it's a haircut. Not everybody can see. Right. So sometimes if I'm not expecting the sex, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Because it doesn't bother me on a day-to-day level. You know what I no. mean? Now, when it gets a little far, it's like, okay, all right, we got to get this under control. But so it is. it has caused um, moments of anxiety because you're not expecting sex, but there you are, just out with friends, yeah. being as charming as you can be. You know what I mean? It's not your fault. It's just naturally dripping out of you. Next thing you know, this woman wants to come home with you, and you're like, I don't know. Do you are, are, do you risk it? You're going to be all over Twitter tomorrow. She's going to tweet about <laughs> That's it. That's all she's going to do. Just look at the Stansberry pubes. Here's you know what I mean? Pube. Yeah, I can't have the Stansberry you know, pube fro <laughs> <laughs> being, being talked. I, can't, I, I want to trend on Twitter, but not in the wrong way.
Not in the wrong way. I don't want that. So, like, that's that's caused me to be some problems. So, like, given the fact that you live with your girlfriend, you stay on this pretty regularly, um, right? Um, No, I mean, like, it can, it certainly can be, like, one of those things you just kind of neglect as When's a man. When's the last time you shaved it down? Um, Like, shaved it down? Well, last time I last time I took care of business. When's the last time we took care of it? Probably under a week ago. I mean, okay. maybe it was probably over the weekend, yeah. So, I would say Friday-ish. Right, it's been longer than a week for me. Okay. It's been probably closer since the last time we got paid. Um, That's probably okay. I mean, like, you really don't... It's like it, washing a car, right? I, washing the car, yeah. Two Once weeks, a pay period? Two weeks, probably okay there. Once a pay period, probably not so okay. bad. They, uh, they say here, when you're shaving your pubes, it's a bad, it's a bad idea to, to do that when they're dry. It says, get them wet and hot. Obviously, you know, like it's the same thing with shaving your face. You know what I mean? The okay. warmer it is, the you know, the faster things are going to come off there. So I, they say use extra caution on on your testicles. Obviously. So yeah. let me ask you this: I've seen combs that do this, where they're circular, and then they got a hook on top of it where you stick like your middle finger in it, and you kind of comb your hair with like in a circular comb okay. versus like long. Where is the blade? In a more cupular form that can be rolled across in a, right? Like, I, at this point, for all the inventions we got, yeah. we don't have a testicle blade. There's I, a guy, remember we just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a family that uses a knife to cut poop in half so they can <laughs> flush it down a toilet. So, so we're smart enough for poop knives, but we don't have, I want a testicle blade. I'm telling you, I'm on to it. I think I just created something. A dude, like, remember, everybody laughed at the pet rock guy too. And that guy, <laughs> that guy made a ton of money. The slinky dude made money. Silly buddy dude made money. Money, testicle blade dude is gonna make money and it will unfortunately be one of you that just heard my great idea and gonna rip me off probably make the 308 million dollars i wish i won in the mega million dollars just don't buy my dream house in oregon dude you already stole my testicle blade idea i think it's a money maker i really do the bizarre email we got from our boss that's next on rock 1069 boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Two huge concerts tonight, right? Jay-Z, Beyonce is up at uh, First Energy. And then you got the Foo Fighters at Blossom is tonight too, right? It's a, it's a star-studded uh, musical lineup here in Northeast Ohio this evening. I am not the biggest Beyonce fan anymore. Early on in her career, I liked her stuff a lot. Um, ever since Single Ladies, after that, I feel like she's gone downhill for me. But I am a Jay-Z fan, and I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. It would be a little bit of a coin flip tonight on which one of those I would want to go to. Yeah, I don't think any of those three artists are necessarily at the peak of what they once were, but all three of them have such track records, such resumes that, like, I, yeah, I'd be, I'd be thrilled to go see any of them. I would, I'd probably pick Foo Fighters just because I believe more of the catalog. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. Blossom, oh, well, I guess First Energy's outside, but um, closer to my house, too. Blossom, closer. Oh, yeah. When I went up to that Taylor Swift concert the other last week or whatever it was, I was so pissed it wasn't at Blossom. Oh. As I, I as I was driving by it, I'm like, son of a bitch, Taylor Swift, why couldn't you be here? Yeah, he still had a half hour to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, you know, I can imagine. Um, I was told, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told that the, uh, that the Jay-Z Beyonce thing wasn't selling as well as people had originally thought that it would. 
So I wonder if the traffic won't be as bad as it was at Taylor Swift. Although you said Swift traffic wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. No, even neither getting in nor getting out was all that difficult. And I think all that does is is go to show my point of, dude, I, I think concerts in general are just down. Taylor Swift didn't sell out for his energy. So it's like I'm not necessarily shocked Jay-Z and Beyonce didn't. Yeah, when you yeah, I'm not shocked by that either. But I believe it was like we're not selling this is what I was being, you know, what somebody told me. Now this was a couple of months ago. You know, you know right. what I mean? You wait and then you know people get, you know, a little sense of urgency closer to the show, people buy tickets. That's how it works. The week they go on sale on the week of the of the event, for sure. that's when people that's buy when tickets. That's when you're selling the most tickets. That's when people buy tickets. For sure. Absolutely right. So I'll be interested to see what you know ends up happening there. I um I would like to see the Foo Fighters tonight though. I am a fan. Now I haven't loved the last couple of albums. They've been good, not great, but uh, they are a good live band. That's the thing that would concern me about going to either one of these shows is that I have not loved either of the or any of the last albums off of Jay Z and Beyonce nor the Foo Fighters. So it'd be a little bit like, well, what are you guys? What are you guys drawing from here? What are you playing here? So you know, it's a crapshoot, but whatever, dude. You're outside drinking a beer. There's a concert going on. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, Blossom Foo Fighters, give it to me. That's a good night out. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I'd want to be a part of that. Um, so we took this email from our boss, and it's weird. And he'll pass things along to us that he thinks are interesting, or hey, make sure you guys take a look at this, or get this up on the website, or you know, things like that. But he sent me this thing, and I can't. I don't, it sounds interesting, but I can't, I don't know why he sent it to me, but he sent us, he forwarded us this this email that he got and it says they're hosting an FBI citizens Academy class in the Akron Canton area starting over the fall. It's been a while since they had one here apparently. And they're looking for people from this region to take the class. I am guessing that the bo- our boss man has once taken this class, and that's why he was on this email chain to begin with. He's very well connected in the region. He really is. Stuff happens, and, and he whether whether he wants to you know divulge that information to us or not, he's often very close to it. So whether he took this or not, I'm sure he knows somebody, somebody involved that in did. this. Right? I was going to say, he knows everybody in the region. Everybody knows him. I wouldn't say it's well connected. Okay. Fair <laughs> you know, enough. Given how, Fair given enough. How some of those connections are. But Apparently, it will allow the FBI to educate you and I, well, they say community leaders, but let's say you and I, on the Bureau's scope of responsibility and mission. If we participate, we'll receive an inside look at the FBI, learning about the structure and operations of the organization, discussing investigative techniques used in criminal, counterintelligence, terrorism, and cyber programs. Now, that does sound interesting to me. Yeah. That's yeah, not, 100%. Now, what I, if I'm going to be 100% honest, the first 30 minutes of that sounds interesting to me. And then it's like any other documentary where I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> just tell me, did the guy do it or not? Tell me what Tell me what to think. Right? So, like, there's a little bit of that. Okay. But apparently, it consists of seven consecutive Thursday evening ses- sessions. So, seven weeks in a row wow. from 5.30 at, at night till 9 p.m. Wow. They start October the 4th through November the 15th. It's going to be held at Stark State. Now, it sounds cool. It does. A, I still don't know why our boss sent it to us. It's really weird. He was like, you should sign up for this. And I was like, okay, so who are you trying to make happy? You should sign up for this, too, is what he said, which is just so open-ended. When your boss says you should do something, that is you do this, right? That's why I'm asking. Is because with him, you never know. Because he is so very much, like, there are things you think he would be like, oh, he's going to care so much about this. Won't care at all. Whatever. Won't care at all. But if you spill 
and I'm talking a little bit of protein powder in the corner of a studio. He and the engineer are standing behind you, hitting you with a whip like you're on the Amistad boat until you get it vacuumed up. I, I, it's, it's like the stuff he cares about versus the stuff he doesn't sometimes. It's can strange. Be, it can be perplexing. But when your boss puts it in an email, says, you should do this. I am to take this like I'm giving up seven Thursdays, right? And I'm doing this, right? With not, and it wasn't like, hey, thought you guys might be interested in this, or hey, maybe you get an interview out you of this. Should do you this. should do this, right? And it's like, I, 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 I guess I, from the perspective of like, hey, you guys maybe will have a better understanding of how the FBI works. And when you first brought this up to me, Dan's like, he's like, dude, did you read this email about the FBI? And I thought I was like, I don't know, what are we talking about, Trump? What do we got over here, Stormy Daniels, Michael Cohen? What do we, what do we got? And it's like, no, our boss wants us to go to FBI school, and I, dude, I can't wrap my head around this. To me, it's like the first day of police academy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like here I am, Mahoney, and I bring High Tower with me, and we're just Dan and around just trying to figure out do we get guns what do we do <laughs> i can only imagine the two of us like standing there day one kind of looking around not supposed to be there you just know being attacked mean? by the drug dog <laughs> it's these two it's these two it's these two like are you kidding me i feel like that is the last place maybe that's why he wants us to go maybe. right maybe i don't know I, I I I don't he know. He just wants us cuffed and stuffed. I, I I don't know what this is, dude. I don't know if he wants us to become FBI agents. I don't know if it's like, hey, maybe you guys should start training for a second career. I don't know. But you should sign up for this. Is make sure you do this, right? This is almost like what I'm asking. This is a work requirement now at this point with the wording, right? Like, are, did you read that and think to yourself, oh, I cannot do that? When he first said should, before I read what the rest of the email was, I automatically went to, well, I, well, am, right. I am doing this. Well, all right. Now because that I know what it is, I don't be, want to. To, but. to be fair to him, he does not make us do a lot of things like that. Like, a lot of times, do your boss will make you do stuff. Like, he does not, like, outside of what our actual scope of our job is, he does not make us do a lot of other things. Right, he doesn't make us go do the community parade, but at least if we did, then it's like, well, dude, you guys are getting out in front of people. I could understand why you well, would make... Well, to be make, fair, he doesn't have to make us do a lot of that kind of I, stuff. I, I understand why you would have to make people do that, because it's like, yo, this is for the bench, best interest of the program. I don't I don't understand why you would make us do well, this. I think he thinks maybe it's going to be interesting, and that if we come in here and we, you know we talk because I do think it's interesting. You know, I mean, dude, learning about counterintelligence. Once you teach me how to spell it, I think I'm gonna like it. A hundred percent. But like you said, like okay, where send me a send me a Netflix documentary about this and and but like wh- I, I, why is this a requirement? What, this has nothing to do with our. Yeah, jobs. but sometimes he doesn't word things exactly, so it's like the, it could just be like, hey, I saw this and like, but he wrote it that way and. Sometimes I think he does that. Like, isn't it possible he's in the drive-thru right now getting his sweet tea? I know there's sugar in it, you big fat liar. Just getting his sweet tea and just laughing right now. Like, look how neurotic I can make Stansbury. I meant wouldn't. I said would. I meant wouldn't. The guy is goddamn Donald Trump. I say it all the time. Our boss is Donald Trump and Pat Sajak mixed together in a blender, and out comes our chubby little buddy. That's exactly who he is. Cleveland signed not one but two stars yesterday. We'll give you our take on that. That's next on Rock 106.9. 
The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Yo, tell you about the Roll Holt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Roll Holt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Roll Holt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollHoltVision.com. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Pass out those Coed and Cambria tickets 930 this morning. That show's July 29th, a couple of days away here. Get you hooked up. So Cleveland signed a couple of stars yesterday. I would imagine sports fans are going to be pretty happy right now. We'll start with the Cavs as they uh, they re-signed Kevin Love, four-year deal, $120 million. Now, I love this deal for the Cavs. Um, if you're the organization, you have to give... You have to give the fan base a reason to believe that you're committed to something. That you're not just going to be like, eh, well, whatever, we'll win 10 games and we'll see how it works out. You have to give the fan base that you're committed to something. And I'm not surprised Kevin Love wanted to say, not at all. Kevin Love has been on record many times saying, I'm from Portland. And Cleveland and Portland are essentially the same city because they are essentially the same exact city. Blue collar town on a body of water. Same exact thing. Now, they got a little bit more weirdos there, and they may be a little bit more progressive than Cleveland, but ultimately the cities look and feel very much the same way. Weather's actually a little similar, a little bit more mild out there west versus Cleveland, but they still get snow, they get sleet, they get all that stuff. And he has said many, many times, this feels like my home. And so I'm not surprised Kevin Love wants to stay in Cleveland. And if you're Kevin Love, it's one of the smartest things you could do for your career. You're the one of the last pieces of a championship team in the area, and you were a real piece of it. Like, you were a real piece. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, you played on that. It's like, no, Kevin Love was a real piece of that. And now the actual piece now has gone and left and left the fan base. If you stay here and you retire a Cavalier, which I don't know if you will, they may use him as a trading piece later on before the trading deadline. I hope not. I think if Kevin Love stays here, he can have that life that guys have after they've retired in certain places. It'll be Kevin Love car dealerships. It'll be all that stuff. And fans here will love him forever. They will love him forever because he's a champion and he stayed after the star left. And, you know, he's now one of you. And I think now he has the chance to be, honestly, one of the most beloved sports figures in the area because of his loyalty, which is crazy because every other third game, everybody tweets how they want to trade him. Yeah, I mean, to sit here, you know, in 2018, and you look back at the last four years of the Cavaliers' run, and to think that Kevin Love... Anytime it goes wrong, they want to blame Kevin Love. ...is the long-term piece, there is a little bit of, like... boy, Head scratch. What, what, a, what, a, what a strange twist, like, you know, but... I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with this because Kevin Love, arguably the second best Cavalier of all time. I mean, if not the second best, definitely within. That's a statement, right? Uh, within within the top five, you know what I'm okay, saying? Yeah, like I'll you, give can, you, that one. you can, we can debate on on where he goes on that list. But one of the best Cavaliers of all time, I mean, no question about it, is going to continue to be on the team. So I'm not going to have an issue with it. And as far as you bring up of like, well, why would he want to do this? Um, you're 100 percent right. I mean, first and foremost, the Cavaliers have the money to give him. So you're going to get more money from your contract with the Cavaliers. 
Cavaliers than you are able to anywhere else. And as far as this and maybe one more contract away from career over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got, right. you know, I mean, the dude's 29 years old. Right. So, dude, this might be it for him. Exactly. I mean, you're talking 34 at the end of this year. At so the like, end of the four years, I could see Kevin Love going, I'm 34. I've made a ton of money. I'm an NBA champion. I'm going home. Yeah, I'm done. I, I mean, when you talk about a ton of money, this will bring his on-court earnings up to over a quarter billion dollars. Oh, my God. 250 plus million dollars really? he's earned in his career just on court. Now, with that being said, you look at like you look at LeBron and even Kyrie Irving, I would say, as as as, as contrast here is like those dudes still able to go out and get money through other avenues where LeBron is very much going to be able to make money a million different ways. Kyrie Irving still has very marketable, very like well, the Uncle Drew movie. Well, you got Uncle Drew, you got his shoes, you got he's very marketable in that sense. Kevin Love, not so much. And don't get me wrong, he's been involved in things and he's had commercials and he's had his thing. I was gonna say he had a pretty big milk campaign. But, but now that he's not going to be like tied on to LeBron and, and Kyrie is kind of like, hey, I'm a star too. He do, he is going to need that local money. He is well, going to need that local say, endorsement. He'll like, become the local guy. He'll be selling you all the local windows, the Roman burger, that whole thing, and people are going to fly. He's going to make a ton of money in that kind of, if he's willing to do it. Now he might not want to do it. But yeah, if, you're, if he's willing to do it, he's going to make a. Ton Ton of local Ohio money. I'm willing to bet that he will be willing to do it. Um, well, the team may lean on. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. Like I said, because I don't. Well, he's uh, also the only piece that can bring you anything back. So you lock him up for the four years. It is a lot of money for Kevin Love. I don't know if people are going to want to trade for a thirty million dollar a year Kevin Love. Um. Well, in the future they might, and that's the thing too is why I didn't necessarily understand this is like. The expiring contract of him just got extended out another year, so it just it, it, it very much to me felt like almost a spiteful contract extension, where it's like Dan Gilbert's like, yeah, I don't care, pay Kevin Love because screw LeBron, overreach, sure, yeah. So I think that's part of it. I'm not mad about it, but it's definitely not what I would have done, and I don't I don't want to come off saying like, well, the Cavs have to bottom out. I want them to suck as much as they possibly can because I think that's kind of like ass backwards thinking where it's like I understand the thought of the last thing you want to do is get caught in purgatory as an, an NBA team um, but you at don't. the same time but you can bottom out if you want to but that doesn't guarantee you're going to get back to the ceiling that you were at you're never so, getting back to that ceiling so, so with that being said if you're never getting back to that ceiling why race to the bottom you know what I mean like why why race to the bottom I, I, I it's going to be forever until another LeBron comes along and the chances that you'll get him are next to none. I agree with that. So if, but that's again why I think you signed Kevin Love. Because if you're the if you're the owner, don't you want? Don't you? Can't you at least look at the fan base and go, look, dude, I got, I brought you back, Kevin Love, a, a champion, a piece of a championship team, and now we got Colin Sexton. And these two together are at least going to be fun to watch. It'll at least be entertaining. Are you going to win? Are you going to be competitive? Are you going to the Eastern Conference Finals? No. But it will at least be fun to watch. I guess it's going to be debatable on people of, of, of what, what your line of fun is. I mean, like if you think it's fun to watch a team that at least has a shot to win, yeah. I, I mean, and by win, I mean go to the eighth seat of the Eastern Conference With Finals. those two guys on the court, you'll still at least get highlights. Yeah, yeah. I guess Fox 8 will still be able to show something on TV, but like... 
I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see what the expectation of the Cleveland fan base is of like, what do you guys expect out of this? Because if you expect, and I saw plenty of, of, of people yesterday who were like, I don't know, man, this might be, you know, this might be the start of something good here, man. Yeah, we might, crazy. might not even need LeBron. And that's it's like, are you, are you, are you high right now? And it's not even a question of, are you high? Cause so am I. And I don't think that at all. What are you stupid? Like, but, but Kevin Love is doing exactly what I have always said. Another NBA star should do, which is if LeBron leaves here, I would be an NBA star who would be rushing to come to Cleveland and play for the Cavaliers because the fan base is going to love you because nobody wants to do it. So if you're the guy, if you're a real NBA superstar and you're like, you know what? That's the easiest job in the league. Yeah, he sold a million jerseys yesterday for around sure here. For he sure he did. did. You're for right. sure he did. And he'll be a hometown hero forever. He loves the city because, like I said, he has said many, many times that Cleveland and Portland are very, very similar and that he feels at home there. It also should be pointed out, isn't his girlfriend loaded? Like, doesn't she have a ton of money? So it's like the money and... She's a model. Yeah, you know what I mean? Doesn't she have some money? So it's like, isn't that like one of the things too where it's like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's all about, I think he just understands, like, dude, I'm in the back nine of my career. This place will love me versus another place is going to expect me to, to be like the, the second or third piece to try to go win a title. Cleveland's not expecting that anymore now that LeBron's gone. I'll help, you know, develop Colin Sexton, then I'll retire and get out. I think it's smart. Now, the other star Cleveland signed yesterday was Baker Mayfield. Four year, 32 million. 32.68 or whatever it was. Look at the difference of those numbers, dude. Four-year deals, five-year deals we're talking about. Well, Look at I, the difference. Again, an NFL player came out and said it the other day. Us NFL players are pissed at NBA money. And they should be. Wait till you hear about baseball, dude. <laughs> like, good God. The NBA money's insane. It's insane. I know baseball makes more, and I don't understand that either. Like, I don't. But the baseball money, or the basketball money, pisses, it does. It pisses me off because the guys are sissies. They won't play back-to-backs. They cry about too many games. They do all this stuff, and the money's fully guaranteed. And they're not forced to speak socially the way people expect football players to do it. Otherwise, they're sellouts. Meanwhile, the guys with guaranteed contracts never open their mouths. They don't kneel during the anthem. They don't affect the, the, the business. None of that stuff. NBA is not racist. NFL totally is. Whatever. It, it makes me absolutely crazy. It makes me absolutely crazy. But yes, there is a huge disparity in pay between the quarterback position and Kevin Love for the Cavs, right? Now, granted, we're talking about a rookie contract in the NFL. Who knows? Baker may, at his second deal, he end up may be in, you know, you know, re-upping for a huge piece of money. Who knows? But I get that you're going to talk about signing your rookies no matter what. But here we go. I mean, here we go. We got Sunday a Baker Mayfield reality show starting on Fox. Baker Mayfield's contracts all over the news. Our starter's name is Tyrod Taylor, and you would never know it. And if this were any other franchise, and I was just watching on the sidelines, I was just watching FS1, and they were talking about the franchise, and all the reports were talking about the rookie backup quarterback, third string, by the way, not even second from what I understand. We'll see here now that camp's going to get officially underway. But if another franchise was was talking about their rookie and not their starter, I'd be like, that's a problem. That's how I would assess that franchise. I'd be like, that's a problem. So how am I not supposed to look at our own franchise and be like, yeah, that's that that might be a problem. Now, you can't blame the Browns for what the media is going to do. All right? The media is going to want to be obsessed with Baker, and it's always next man, and what's the mystery, and that's where the story is because the story's been written on Tyrod Taylor. You know what he is. The mystery's in Baker Mayfield. So I get how the column inches add up. I do. I understand how it happens. But if you're the organization, you're Dorsey, you're Hugh Jackson, I think you're going to be fighting this thing off with a pitchfork by week six. I've been saying it since the beginning. I think Baker Mayfield plays this year. I really do. 
And I think the kid's got a shot to be good, but I think he has a better shot to be good if you don't play him all year. I think that it, it's going to depend on what happens within those first six games. I mean, if the Browns come out 0-4, there's undeniably a, a, a big movement for it. If the Browns come out and win two games out of those first six, I think then you're able to continue with the plan as as constructed. But we're asking the Browns to win two games out of six, and that, to me, sounds like a very, very tall order. This it is does. a big if. But if you're without your number one receiver, I think that's probably more likely he's off. he stays off the field. Baker's because, saying off the yeah, field is what you're saying? Yeah, because if there ends up being a problem with Josh Gordon, if, I don't know, if there ends up being that problem. Seems like there is. I don't want to be the one that says that because everybody thinks I'm dumb. But I will. I, uh, but if there ends up being a problem with that, I think one less weapon means let's not put the rookie out there. I think Tyrod ends up ha- being able to handle that situation a little bit better than Baker Mayfield does. Now, if you have your full roster all year, because I get what you're saying about the first four games. I totally do, and you're not wrong. It's making sense. But no matter what, Phantom, the end of the season is going to end pretty much the same, which is with not a lot of wins and the team looking like they're a little bit better. And so there is going to be the pressure to be like, well, let's find out what's in there then. I mean, we're right there. We're on the cusp, right? We're almost good. So let's find out what's in the tank. And I think at no matter what they say, I think he ends up hitting the field this year. And I think ultimately it would be better off for his development and the future of the franchise if Baker Mayfield did not play at all this, this year. I would like to see him develop for a full year. I just think it's beneficial, but I don't think it's all that likely in the end. All right. I didn't want to do this, but we're going to have to jump up and down on the White House just a little bit. They did something the other day that is just perplexing, and it was just like you just you could have saved yourself all this frustration had you just thought about this just a few minutes before you did it. That's next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Joe, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Fantone and I have said this a thousand times that this president, Donald Trump, is one of the most polarizing people I've ever seen in my life. In all my years doing radio shows, I have never seen a more polarizing subject than this president, his presidency, the whole thing. As a matter of fact, now again, just the other day, his star on the Walk of Fame, Donald Trump's, has been destroyed. Some guy, I guess, used a pickaxe and destroyed it. You remember, they did this during the election, and they had to like replace it. Now another guy just destroyed it all over again. Not surprised. I mean, no. it's going to continue to happen, just like the um, the LeBron uh, 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 mural in L.A. will continue to be vandalized. No, it's, it's going to happen. This is one of the most more normal things we've seen in protest of him. There was that video going around where women were trying to scream through their vagina in protest to him. There were also people just getting together to hold signs and just scream as loud as they could to be in protest to him. I mean, dude, he makes people absolutely crazy. I mean, crazy. Some of the response to him has been flat out lunacy. Now, some of the support of it's been a little crazy, too. But some of the things that I've seen people do in protest to him, like people like like tattooing Trump is not my president on your body. That's dumb. That's a bad decision. That's a bad decision. Not only is your pre- is he your president, but he's living now for free on your body. You paid somebody to do that. That's crazy. That's not a protest. That's you being an idiot. But I think destroying the Walk of Fame star, not good, not what I would want you to do, but that's at least inside the bounds of like what I would think people who oppose you would do. Now, we can debate all day about whether or not there are real reasons to be against him or not. 
Okay, now I know people. There are people on, that, who feel strongly on both sides of it, and whatever. I've heard decent points on both sides, but this is just you not thinking ahead. Now I don't know if I can blame the president for this because I don't think he's involved on this level on these day to day operations of this kind of stuff. I wouldn't think. Okay, but it is your administration, and ultimately the buck stops where. Right, it's going to stop with you, so you're going to have to answer. But the White House now apparently was doing a Made in America product showcase. So this is like, hey, come through here. Take the tour of this. These are all the products made in America. Yeah. Not it, all the products, but these are some of the products made in America. These are American-made products. And thumbs up for that. I mean, I definitely think that we as Americans, even if you don't want to say responsibility, have at least some level of duty to look at more than just the, the bottom line of the dollar and look at the big picture of like manufacturing in America is a good thing. I, I, I want things made here. I do. I, I have zero issue with that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to buy things that say made in the USA. Yeah, I'm told a lot of the times that the only thing that's made in the USA is the label that they sewed onto it. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard that a lot too is like, well, it says made in the USA, but literally all the pieces parts come from somewhere else and then one guy's just sitting there assembled it here. two pieces together and it's got a made in the USA sticker like you know you're a patriot or something. Yeah, I don't know who's right. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's okay. wrong on that, right? Okay. But hopefully this was a showcase of no, these are true to the god, true to the heart, you know, honest to god, made in the USA stuff right here and now we know, hey, I will support I think Wiffle Ball bats were one of them where it oh, was is that like right? yeah, like this brand buy this and like okay, I'm in. I like it. I would admit that if I knew for sure between the two things, I would I would choose the American made product. I'm not dedicated enough to try to to hunt it out, sniff it out for myself, and I feel terrible saying that. But if I knew for sure, I am more likely to pick the American made product. What's the dollar difference? Like like let's say, okay, I'm buying plates and the ones that are made in China are one dollar a plate, the ones that are made in the USA are two bucks a plate, three bucks a plate, four bucks a plate. How many times are you willing... Inside of $10, I'm going American-made. Okay. 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 For that product. You know what I mean? You got to extrapolate that out over something. But you know what I mean? I um, But overall, yeah, I think that. But according to Syracuse.com, during this Made in America product showcase, right. apparently our White House used flatware, silverware made overseas. Um, apparently... A Republican, Claudia Tenney, and Cheryl Manufacturing have made repeated efforts to convince the White House to purchase American-made silverware. The effort reportedly has bipartisan support with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer also asking President Trump to buy the firm's Liberty Tabletop utensils for use at state dinners. This is a company that's made that's, uh, that's used uh, here. U.S. Um, but apparently we used... I hope I'm saying this right. Is it Oneida LTD flatware? O-N-E-I-D-A? I see it in stores all over the place. It's a very common brand. Um, and the reason why you see it in stores all over the place is because it's made somewhere else, and ultimately it's going to cost you less money. But Cheryl Manufacturing, I guess, is the company that would like to take this over. Now, there's a little bit of me that's like, guys, really? We're fighting over the silverware now? We need bipartisan support of what silverware we're going to buy? we got to get both parties together to figure this out? Now... That's a little crazy. However, if you're going to do an American-made product showcase. Now, again, I don't think this is the president because it's not. I don't think he's the one finalizing the details of all this stuff because I just he's got way more important stuff to be doing. 
But again, the buck stops with you. It is your administration. That's how people are going to look at this, right? So there wasn't a like Tiger team of four people of check everything in here. You know, at, we're public enemy number one. Everybody thinks we're dumb. Everybody thinks we do everything screwed up and that we don't have the best interest in mind. We get called bigots and racist over everything we do. Make sure everything in here is American. We didn't do that. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't expect like the president to be the one who's making the final decisions no, on on not on, even close. on the spoons, but I do expect there to be a overall level of buttoned upness of like we've yes. got we've got our ducks in a row, our our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed and we've got this all taken care of here and I, but the thing is is it doesn't matter. Like this doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It does anymore. not matter. Nothing matters. It does not matter. Except for the fact that this is again why you lose some traction. And if you're gonna if you're going to spend your time discrediting the media and you do something like this, then to expect the media to not jump up and down on you when you do this is crazy. If all you do is talk about how they're not right, which by the way, I don't think that the media is always right. As a matter of fact, I think the media is mostly wrong. As a matter of fact, I've been watching that Ken Burns documentary on Vietnam. Go back and watch it. You know what soldiers are saying to their moms in letters back home? Don't believe what you see on the news because it's not real. That was Vietnam. Don't believe what you see on the news. They're faking it. They're lying to you. That was Vietnam. The news has been fake and lied and media-driven and ratings-driven and financially-driven since the beginning of time. It's not new. It's not new. But if you're going to run around and talk about how... They don't deserve any credit and how they're all out to get you and this and that. When you do something like this, they're going to jump up and down on you for it. And I hate to go backwards, but guys, this is tan suit material, right? Like where, oh my God, Barack Obama's wearing a tan suit. That's not presidential. You would have wanted me jumping up and down on another president for this. You would have, this is what have been. See, Barack Obama, he's an American apologist and he won't even use American made silverware. That's what would have been this story. But this isn't even a story. Phantom pointed this out to me this morning. It's very interesting. Do you think if Barack Obama had sex with a porn star two months later, we're just like, ah, yeah, yeah, let's stop talking about that? No. I mean, no. We still talk about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Still talk about it. And, you know, I understand the fact that we are not a politics show, but we are kind of a a jack-of-all-trades show. And if something's newsworthy, it should be a part of this program. And there's just so many things where it's like any other any other avenue or any other administration, you would be like, well, dude, we got to talk about this. But now it's just like, dude, I don't want to talk about it. It's too polarizing. I mean, dude, Trump's son, his one of his kids is banging the chick from Fox News who now quit Fox News and is directly going to work for the campaign. Flip that around, dude. If that was Chelsea Clinton getting banged out by Wolf Blitzer and Wolf Blitzer was going to quit CNN and start working on the Clinton reelection campaign. Can, I mean, can you imagine? Well, yes, that. Yes, that. But I think you can leave the other side out of it completely. It, the fact that it's happening at all is strange. It's it's strange. So now, again, I knew this would happen. Here it is. Well, when's the last time the White House bought silverware? It's not like they use plastic. Okay, you're right. Maybe they haven't bought silverware in forever. All the more likely it would be American-made. 
If you go back further, closer to the time when we were making more things, more likely it would be American made. Dude, you guys, dude, delete your Twitter accounts. Dude, seriously, stop. Go buy new silverware. You're the White House. You got the money. And go, the, go. The do last it. time we did go buy it, nobody with the with the White House, you know, black card in their pocket was like, uh, which one of these was made in Delaware? It's attention to detail there. You're right, because when you're having this kind of an event, and I'm fully in support of having this kind of an event. Do the event. Button your details Stroke up, America man. Off. Right. I get it. For sure, absolutely. But get buttoned up. But but know what you're doing. Again, I don't blame the president for this, but somebody on your team didn't think far enough ahead to be like, all right, let's make sure we do this. And there's not one piece of American-made silverware in the entire White House? Isn't that almost a little depressing, too? Like, there's not heirloom-type stuff in there? Like, come on. Now, maybe you don't use it. All right, fine. But I can buy Onita or whatever it's called at Target. That's what we're using at the White House? Seems a little strange. More Stansberry Show is right around the corner. Guys, hang on. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're having a little uh, private conversation during the break there because our report card comes out today. Ooh. Now, we've had five stellar report cards in a row, but this is how my brain works, right? If we get one, and it would be the first one since the show's been on the air that isn't good, I'll think, I'll go, oh my god, it's over. It's over. Sucks. But yet, when they come back good, I go, yeah, that's what that's what I expect from me. Like, I don't get real pumped up when they're really good. No, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. But, but- I will, though. It's like, I will go, oh my god, th- because, not because of you, not because of me, but what I will worry, and I don't really even have a whole good reason to worry about this. But what I will worry about is that the company will overreact, knee-jerk, and go, oh, God, what did we get ourselves into here? Even though we're four years in. Right. But, like, I but I do, I, 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 I do got to, like, fight that. Like, my boss, you know, the boss may have said, you know, the numbers come out today. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. He goes, I appreciate you trying to put this show on for me, but I'm not buying it. I was like, no, dude, I legitimately did forget. Because I have never, ca- dude, all right, going back to the previous show, Maxwell was a lunatic. And so he cared about this stuff to the point to where it made him crazy. And I saw it. And I was like, oh, my God, if you care too much about this, you're going to go crazy. You won't enjoy your life. And so from that moment on, I was like, well, don't be that dude. Like, don't don't get so obsessed with it for that. But the only reason I care is because the boss cares. And so there is a little bit of me that's like, oh, God, please just let it come back somewhat decent. Therefore, they just stay away and just stop bugging me. Yeah, I was going to say expectations set reality. So that's a part of this equation. Um, certainly, you you want to have some level of balance when it comes to like how important are these things versus how important are other things. Um, but it, dude, it, what it boils down to for me is we can get extra money out of this and I want extra money. So fingers crossed. Yeah, a bonus would be nice. Really nice, dude. I got my eye on a Scotty Cameron Futura 6M putter. I got my money on groceries. I, uh, That's what I got my eye on. My buddy HJ is going to order it for me, and I I, I'll, I guess I'll know today whether or not I can be like, yeah, dude, order that. I guess I'll know today. I'm looking forward to that. Looking uh, looking forward to that. So I am, I, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm not on edge because I, I didn't even realize it until just now, really. But the more I, but the more he was talking to me about it in the hallway, the more I was like, "Oh God, you guys are gonna overreact and freak out and lose your minds and go crazy." And here's what's really funny about what I do for a living. This is what's really funny about my job, is that the last five times we got the ratings and they came back, they we were number one every time. By the way, really good. Canton has been very, very good to me. Very, very good to this program, and uh, and we appreciate that. Thank you. But when that happens. They talk about how strong the radio station is. 
Well, you work at a very strong brand, Stansbury. Rock 106.9 is a very strong brand. And so then they like to give credit to the radio station. But if the ratings should come out today and they slip, miraculously, it'll be my fault. It won't be that the brand took a wrong turn somewhere along the line. It'll be that I did something wrong. No, Anthony Kiedis gets all the credit when things are good. All but when, the they're, credit. when they're bad, nobody's like, oh, dude, you know what? And a little too much Aerosmith here. It's, all, it's too much Stansbury and Fantone. They sure. legitimately said to me last time the ratings came in. They were like, well, you're playing the best rock music there is. Yeah, best. <laughs> I, I was like, what day does that go down? <laughs> Tell us. Like, dude, I got to turn my headphones off. Like, dude, apparently I'm missing some stuff. But I, that's the only reason I worry. I don't, because here's what I, I am so insanely confident in one thing, and that's my ability to be interesting and make you laugh a little bit on your way to work. I am insanely confident in that. And so therefore, like numbers on a piece of paper don't necessarily affect my thinking of my ability but what they do is affect your boss's thinking and so like that's the only reason i care if i was financially independent in this endeavor i would never care what a report said ever but it's the my boss the guys who decide whether or not they're going to trade you like a baseball card they do care and i've seen really weird decision making over ratings period certain times so i'm just like oh god just please let them be good because i love canton i've said it a million times i want to sign a 15 year i would sign a 15 year deal today (laughs) and never leave here and i would sign a dude if they would offer me a decent amount i would sign a deal today and stay here for the rest of my life i absolutely love it here now I know I talk about Oregon, and if I won the lottery, that's where I'd go. But yeah, dude, that's dream living. I'm you know working a living, working a job, building a life. I would stay right here forever. I would have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. Love it, but they won't do it. And I'm just the only reason I care about this stuff at all is because they care about it. A little bit, a uh, little bit on edge. So we're gonna take a deep breath, get a cup of coffee, and then we're gonna let you know what J Lo said about men, and if I would have said this about women. I would be hung up to dry. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 930. We'll pass out those Coheed and Cambria tickets. I guess the Ohio State Fair is going to have an entire, like, a Christmas story set up made out of butter. Okay. Like they have the Christmas tree made out of butter. I thought you were just going to say uh, the Christmas story thing and I was like, okay, but I made out of butter. They have uh, they have the kid licking the licking the pole. Right. And getting stuck to the pole. That's made out of butter. They have, uh, what's his name's little brother all like wrapped up in like, his winter jacket and the scarf around him and like that whole thing. And then Ralphie in the bunny suit there all made out of butter. They have the leg lamp obviously made out of butter. What is it with that? What is it with sculptures of dairy and Americans are like, I gotta see it. State fair stuff right there. You know what I mean? Like when it comes down to it, we're using like a dairy product in the, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's Americana right there. Doesn't make sense to me, but I'm surprised in this day and age people are like, oh my God, we're wasting all that butter and there are people somewhere that need the butter. I'm surprised that that's not the new thing. So I saw this JLo was uh, taking part of this new, I, I don't know where it airs, but there's this new thing that they have celebrities do. I guess it's um, it's called the Swiping swear- Series, I believe, where it's like a celebrity helps like a regular person. Swipe Sessions is what it's called. Okay. Helps them do what? Jennifer Lopez um, was helping a young woman like pick through her Tinder submissions. <laughs> okay. So like they help you swipe versus what you should swipe on versus what you shouldn't. 
Okay. So Brooke, a 29-year-old country singer, needed some help weeding through her possible Tinder suitors. Brooke had said she wanted the type of guy who could chop wood. So while swiping through some of Brooke, uh, her options there, she, I guess, had nixed a guy for having a bio that read, if you store ketchup in the refrigerator, it's not going to work out. Now, I, I don't know what that means, really, but ultimately... Where I found this to be interesting is Jennifer Lopez made a blanket statement about men, which I don't have an issue with other than the fact that if no other group of people is it okay anymore in 2018 to make a blanket statement about. Otherwise, I get told, well, you know, you're a group and you got rights and you got to do this. But if you want to make a blanket statement about men, media just goes, yeah, they're all pigs. They're all dirty. They're all terrible. You're right. Dogs. And it's perfectly okay, and I'm just supposed to take it. Fine, fair. Game's rigged. I've known the game's been rigged forever. I'm the one that tells you life isn't fair, so expecting it to be fair from me would be insane. But what J-Lo said about men is, until they're 33, they're all useless. Until they hit 33, they're all useless. And here's ultimately why I'm not real upset with what J-Lo said. Because she's right. She's right. Men take a little while to grow up. As a matter of fact, ask any wife in the county. They'll tell you they don't ever really get there. That if it weren't for me, this idiot wouldn't even be close. And it's true. Women are the 3M of human beings. They make things better. They make people better. Is it BASF 3M? I don't know. It's one of the two. Whatever. But women are that product for the human race. They make men better. Men would never better themselves if it weren't for the thought of like landing... A woman. Now, again, same-sex couples, yes, same thing. But if it were not attracting a partner, a man would never better himself. Very few men would actually be out on the hunt to fix themselves on a real level if it wasn't about trapping a woman. It's what the whole thing's about. But if I said all women until they're 33 are trash, Twitter lights me up. Lights me up. And we know that to be true. So how is that right? How is that okay? So when I say that the game is rigged and it leans this way, you can't argue with me anymore. Because J-Lo's not being attacked for this. As a matter of fact, she's being applauded for it every time I looked. People love it. J-Lo, keeping it 100. You go, girl. Keep it 100. No, she's not wrong. But it's human beings are pretty much trash until they're in their mid-30s. We saw it the other day, right? Scientists came out and said, look, guys, adolescence lasts till 24. You're not really an adult at 18. You're not even close. Years away yet. I, I, I guess I take the point, and I think as you get older, you're going to always think that, that anybody younger than you is always going to be a couple steps behind you. I mean, I think that's just... By and large, she's right. I know you're going to want to give me the anomaly and the 10 people you know and this and that, but by and large, huge groups of people, she's 100% accurate. All I'm saying is that, like, I, I, I think that concept of, like, well, the adolescence lasts till 24, and, well, dude, you're just going to be immature your entire life, I think that's, like, a cheap cop out nowadays where it's like well dude what do you want me to do I'm 23 years old and it's like dude well 50 years ago you would have had like responsibilities you would have had a life you would have had a house and kids and all those things so like I think it's almost like a modern like convenience of ours where we get to hide behind this like yeah but it's adulting and it's it's not a noun it's not what I am it's a verb it's what I do just sometimes when I pay the grocery by groceries I, I, I just think that that's a very 
it's it's an excuse as opposed to like Yeah, but it, who's the one trying to build that excuse? JLo's not trying to build the excuse for younger people. She's just saying this is what's true of it. The people who are always trying to build that excuse to hide behind are the younger people. Who were trying to tell me all the time, you don't understand what it's like to be this age, even though you already were once, and I'm sure and uh, I'm just dumb enough and not young, old enough to remember that the world was just as bad when you were this age as I am now. The world was always crappy. Yeah, I mean, every generation's going to have its own circumstances, but at the end of the day, we all have a responsibility to be adults, and we all have responsibility to, 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 to handle what's in front of us. The so. reason why this is true is because your priority list doesn't actually start to get real sharp until you do hit your mid-30s. What if you're 23 and you have kids, though? Doesn't all of a sudden, like, shouldn't you be more mature than me, 34, with no kids? Should. Are they? I don't think most of them are. Are a lot of them? Are some of them? Sure. Because, again, blanket statements. Don't want to go crazy. But just because you had a kid at 23, does that make you an adult? No. Makes you a 23-year-old with a kid. I would like to think that the things that happen to you in your life are the catalyst of being mature, of growing up, of doing those things, but, you would have you, but to you're be probably the kind of, right. You're, you're going to have right. to be the person who would be able to grow up anyway. It's not, dude, it's like winning the lottery, right? When you win the lottery, you're now rich. You, they didn't give you class. They gave you money, right? You either have that or you don't. You either have it in you to be a next level adult or you don't. I don't think now. Are there going to be certain cases where I can take a reckless youth, give him a kid, and it shakes them and goes, "Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta sharpen my life up here." Yes, I do believe that that happens. I've seen it happen, but I don't believe that that is the norm. Yeah, and I don't even think it's like you—you you have to be like an upstanding citizen that we're talking about here. I'm just talking about being a responsible, going adult. to work, right? Going to work and like handling like the basics of life there, where it's not like I'm not asking you to turn into this virtuous, like the best person on the face of the planet, and you have this like just just unparalleled wisdom within your life. It's just like do do you handle do you handle the responsibilities that life has given you that you've accepted onto yourself, and if you're not. I, I just once got in trouble in this very radio show for saying something very similar to what J-Lo said. I once said about women that I believe the best at what they get is 24 to 28. Because at 24, you're starting to get out of that. I'm just in the bar every night hoeing out my best life ever. Like, right? And you're starting to be like, all right, let's, let's stop hoeing out so much. And yet, before you're 28, not necessarily totally baby crazy that in that zone you kind of get a woman who's kind of focused on what she wants to do with her career has kind of had enough sex to kind of like learn how to be confident in the bedroom but not so you know what i mean but not so still like she doesn't care what she's doing where there's that mid zone and people murdered me for it murdered me for it yet j-lo bigger celebrity makes a huge blanket statement about a man and we're just going to take it twitter's just going to retweet it it is the game is rigged, bro. It is rigged, rigged, and my toxic masculinity is what's stopping me from being able to take part in the game and have it played fair for me. The game's not fair. World's not fair. World's not fair. World's not fair. Hey, this isn't fair. Shut up, man. You're a man. Tough it out, man. Yeah, game's rigged, bro. Been trying to tell you for a while. More standards very show right around the corner. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out those Coheed and Cambria tickets for you at 9.30. They're playing July 29th. Nautica will get you hooked up. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. Um, it's Shark Week this week, and people are like, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, I guess, is hosting. Right. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything with it yet. People are like, Shaquille O'Neal's ruining Shark Week. It's like, is he? did he affect the underwater footage of the shark? I think nowadays, though, I think Shark Week isn't like so much about like documentaries. They have all these little like shows and specials and things like that. So it's a little bit more like 
Yeah, but he's just introducing the segment, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think what he's I'm doing much is, more. Shaq's not underneath the water with the camera, like, you know, he and Jabberjaw hanging out, like, trying to do, like, SNL. Like, I don't understand. Like, what is everybody upset with Shaq for? I, I, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Maybe he's terrible at hosting stuff, although he's hosted other things. It's okay. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm interested about that. Uh, the golf channel always, or in the golf world, always takes this week and makes it Shank Week. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a video yesterday that went out. I just retweeted it at Sansbury Shows my Twitter account that they uh, they made it all about Tiger, and it was like most of Tiger's shanks that were caught on TV, and they're pretty bad. And as a golfer, it does it makes you feel better. It makes you feel better about where your game is when you watch the best player ever do that stuff. So we here at the Sansbury Show believe in marijuana legalization. We have said many, many times we believe it's well within the bounds of what human beings are allowed to do and uh, that it poses no more serious threat to you than alcohol does. Correct. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I will tell you uh, one incident that happened to me buying legal marijuana in Las Vegas. I have always said, ah, nothing bad happened when I did it. Although my mom said to me yesterday it did. Apparently, I parked in a handicapped parking spot when I was there, and I got a ticket, and they had to pay it. It got sent to the house. They got sent to the house. My mom was like, I had to pay a handicapped parking ticket so you could buy your weed. It's like, this is an uncomfortable conversation I have with my mom. But that was the the worst thing that happened. But I want to be fair to this conversation, because there is a couple of listeners, one in particular, who's like anti-marijuana to the point to where it's like, what happened to you by somebody who smokes weed? Because you're just angry about it for no reason. Now, neither you nor I is... A, a a like and I don't mean to make the pun here, but like a dyed in the wool like 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 pothead of like dude bro four twenty illegal just you know dude it takes care of all the medical conditions. I think we've both spoken about how it's it's still an addictive substance, about how there are associated risks with it and like it mm-hmm. is funny the intelligent people who are gonna argue with you and I both about the fact that marijuana is in fact um, addictive, and we've both been proponents of responsible usage out, out of it. Yes. Like you shouldn't be smoking weed and driving. As a matter of fact, coming up next month, we're going to have Doctor Matt Noyes back huh? on the program because uh, his his operation is getting ready to open soon. And I told him, I was like, "Well, the week you're opening, get back in here." Yeah, neither one of us are like lost in the cloud. You know what I mean? Like no. we're both common sense of like, yes, it what? should be legal to adults, but there should still be like rules and restrictions and regulations on it. Of course, have I not said many many times into this very microphone that one of the biggest lies this country has ever told was telling young people that marijuana is not addictive, that that's a lie and that that is that is it's perpetuating a falsehood. And we should not tell that lie. And I say this all the time. It's not addictive. And I always say this to you, that if marijuana left your system at the rate that that cocaine does, you would feel it and then would have to withdraw. Yet every weed head I know, if I say to them, hey, give me your stash of weed for the next month, they all go, no. Well, then where does that desire to tell me no come from? For the next day, dude. Exactly good, right. Good grief. You are addicted to smoking marijuana. If you smoke it routinely throughout the week, guess what? You're addicted. It's okay. Your neighbor's addicted to Xanax. Your next door neighbor's addicted to drinking beer. Your other neighbor's addicted to sugar. We all got our addictions. Looking down your nose at another addict is one of the dumbest things we do because we're all addicted to something. 400-pound people calling me a like a pothead is one of the most laughable things I've ever seen my pothead well whatever brownie head what what have I got to what have I just got to shame you what have I just got to do that over something that honestly is costing us more in medical bills than anything it's the fact that you can't put the goddamn spoons down 
Brownies do sound good, though, dude. They I would do. eat a brownie right well, now. Well, a weed brownie. <laughs> a little bit. But I wanted to be fair to this, all right? Okay. Because I don't want, what I don't want people doing is turning around and be like, oh my God, the rock station talking weed again. Jesus, look, get a job, stoner. Like, that's, I don't want people walking away from this product feeling like that. You have jobs. So, I have a couple of instances here from Vice where people quit smoking weed and noticed a difference in their life. Okay. Guy says, I was very shy. I, I always used to be the weed is an icebreaker. Hey, do you want to go smoke a joint? That was still okay. more comfortable for him than, shall we go grab a cup of coffee? Because you get stoned a little bit, your anxiety goes away a little bit. Some people, I think it increases in others. But he was like, it was just an icebreaker for me. Okay? But he ended up realizing, man, I finished college two years ago. And I haven't done anything in that time. He's like, so I quit smoking weed. And he claims within two weeks, he got an interview. He got a new place. Found an apartment, moved halfway across the country, was passionate about what he was doing now, was confident in himself for the first time ever, and he noticed when girls were interested, something I never noticed when I was high. He says, this had been a source of a lot of pain. He's thinking, when I was high, I wasn't noticing these things, or I wasn't taking action. Now, I want to admit that I have buddies who are smoking weed who should quit tomorrow, because it is a motivation killer for them. Weed does kind of put you, Cat Williams said it in his special, it does. It kind of puts you in that perpetual state of effort where it's like, yeah, this is good enough. It does do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some truth to that, but I also think that it's a little bit of a crutch of like, if you did, if you weren't smoking weed, you'd still be a lazy piece of crap. Like, I think that people use that kind of as like a, a, a well, dude, dude, that's that's why. It's like, well, no, some people are just inherently going to do less. All right. As a guy who uses said product, when I don't, I'm more active. I do more. I am more likely to be like, oh, well, this is good enough on TV. Like, that's the thing with me is that I cannot sit through a boring TV show or a movie without being stoned. I will stop and be like, all right, dude, TV sucks. Get me outside. Get me doing something else. I got to go. Where if... If we bring marijuana into it, there is a little bit of me that's like, all right, I mean, I guess I'll lay down here another 20 minutes. All right, another yeah. half hour. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I do just think that there is a little bit of... You you worry that people take this, a portion of the stereotype, and make it an excuse. apply to everybody. And make it, make it, well, just make it an excuse of like, well, yeah, dude, you know, stoners are just laying around. When I think that, like, if you really got down to it... You I mean, are who you are. Yeah, you, you exactly. You are who you are, and you're going to... You, it, you could substitute any other substance in there, and you're still going to be the person who doesn't want to leave the house because it's like, well, I'm drunk now, and some people want to go out to the bar and drink. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. This guy here says, Tom, 34, I believed in myself and I had always been really, really confident, outgoing and active, but I went to college. I started smoking weed every day and I completely changed. I went from being the guy who was out every night to barely leaving the house. I looked like crap and I lost a ton of weight. Wow, that's strange for smoking weed. That's not been, that's not most people's um, experience with smoking too much weed is losing weight. Towards the end of school, he said he met a girl who despised drugs of any kind. I had to hide my smoking weed from her. We had a long distance relationship for three years after college, so it wasn't that hard. He's like, in that time, I tried a little water. I was doing all right. Nothing great. I was smoking every night. Then we moved in together, and I had to conceal it from her, and it got just ridiculous. Ugh, God, this sounds terrible. He's like, I would smoke a quick joint when she went to the store, and then you know I would shower and then change my shirt, brush my Ugh. teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah, that just sounds, sounds like too much terrible. work. Towns, yeah, terrible and too much work. She found out what I was doing, and she said uh, she would leave if I didn't stop smoking weed. He says, honestly, I was a little relieved 
because I wanted to stop for a while and didn't even enjoy it anymore. Welcome to addiction. See? Addicted to marijuana. I don't want to do this. I don't even really like it, but for some reason I can't stop doing it. Addicted. I just couldn't break the habit, he says. We're now happily married with two kids in our house, and I think most people would consider me a success. I know there are a lot of reasons people smoke, he says, Tom says, but personally, I think weed is a killer of motivation. Again, we just touched on that a little while ago. And I believe it is a killer of motivation for a group of people, not that it's a killer of motivation for a ton of people. Like, take a guy like Joe Rogan, right? He is a large marijuana proponent. And he'll tell you he likes smoking weed before he works out. He likes smoking weed before he goes and runs the mountain with his dog. That he likes it in his, you know, physical activity life. Ricky Williams was the same thing, right? He opened that weed gym. Now, that's not necessarily what I want with it. Like, to me, like, that's not what I want with it. I, to me, to, to get high and go running doesn't seem like it. But that's not my thing. You know what I mean? Like, to me, the gym is like a different thing. Yeah, but I think some people will, you know, smoke weed and use it as like a, hey, this is kind of how I am getting over that boredom of doing my job or the boredom of doing my laundry or taking care of my house or doing whatever there. I'm sure this guy's story is true and it's probably true for a lot of people. Is that like for you, that is how it went. I don't know if that his story is necessarily indicative of of, of everyone. Another woman says here, like I just started to remember things. I, could, I remember phone numbers. I could remember birthdays a little bit better. And I believe that some of your short-term memory would maybe come back. But Mike yeah. wrote in and says, dude, I quit smoking weed four months ago for this new job I have. He's like, I haven't noticed any changes. Hmm. You, I think if you were going to get changes, you would notice them inside of four months. And I think that's the thing, too, is much like quitting anything, like quitting cigarettes or starting a diet or whatever. I definitely noticed a change when I came off cigarettes. You look for this like finish line for this parade to happen. I always say and it, it doesn't. It's yeah. not. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just you don't you're not high anymore. Yeah, it's that's. Uh, I, I definitely noticed more energy, a less feeling run down and all that when I quit smoking cigarettes. I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine I would notice some pretty significant changes. Like the amount, here's what I know for sure. The amount of times I walk out of my apartment, lock my apartment door, get all the way to my car and think to myself, damn it, you left your cell phone on the counter. Then go back in there, get that and come back up. Damn it, you left a water bottle in there. Like the amount of times I will say to myself after walking back into my apartment four times before I can finally leave it, I'll say, damn it, Daniel, get it together. And it's because I have forgotten four things. And I think that that's probably at least a component as to why that happens. So it's interesting. But I, uh, as again, I wanted to be fair. I wanted to make sure we're always doing this because people are like, you know, you talk about this a lot, but you never talk about the negative side. So there's people telling you that they feel like their life got better coming off a said product. I ultimately still don't think it's anything for you to be afraid of. And it's well within the bounds of things we let adults to do. So I don't know what the hell you're so afraid of. You got to get over your fear. Let's start making money because we can make a ton of money with said products. We will be right back with more Sansbury Show and a show that you've been waiting for gets its premiere date. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. The Sansbury Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. Fantone from the Sansbury Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. 1069.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. 9.30, we'll pass out those Coheed and Cambria tickets. I do have this information for you, and I'm sure a lot of you are going to be excited about it. We have the premiere date for the offshoot, the spinoff of Roseanne. They're bringing the show back minus Roseanne, and it's just going to be called The Connors. It'll debut Tuesday, October 16th, 8 p.m. Um, I guess they want it to be the opening act for other family comedies, the new series The Kids Are Alright, Blackish, and season two of Splitting Up Together. Blackish I've seen and I like, or I liked when I was watching it. I'm I'm not watching it anymore. But I have seen episodes of that show and it was super funny. Um, obviously, The Kids Are Alright is new. That one I, I, I obviously haven't seen. And Splitting Up Together, I don't know what that is. Um, but the Connors will debut October 16th, eight o'clock. Now I think that this is really, really dumb and I think it's really, really risky for ABC at the end of the day. What made this show a success was Roseanne back in the day, the return, whatever it's about Roseanne. What's it called? It's because Roseanne's the draw, right? She's the big shoulders. So my problem now is. If you give people what they say they want, what do I always say? Don't give the people what they say they want. Well, just give us Roseanne without Roseanne. We want it anyway. No, you don't. You say you do, but when you get it, it's not going to be is what you want it to be, and you're going to abandon it. I don't even think that many people really want this. I mean, when you come down to it, like, who is the audience? I mean... A big part of the success of Roseanne was that she was going to be a voice that isn't heard normally. Therefore, you could pull in people that aren't that don't necessarily well, feel represented. I don't think I don't think there is an audience for this well, anymore. You don't feel like people who feel like they were a part of getting her removed from television are going to want to be part of the audience. Maybe once, maybe like maybe maybe that once that first party out, maybe that coming out party. But like, dude, well, I big think, picture. I don't think it sustains. Oh, I think maybe it does, and here's why. I didn't at first, but the more I think about it, maybe. And 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 why is because the whole thing about bringing Roseanne back out is she was going to lean more right, and it was going to be the one thing on TV that kind of leaned that way. And now, because she went crazy, said what she said, and they had to yank her off of it, aren't they going to now go lean back the other way? And it's going to be super, they're going to be, I think they're going to obnoxiously go the other way, and they're going to court that Twitter audience. And I think initially they'll do it. Now, I don't think the show lasts long term because the star's not there. And if you do something, and I know John Goodman is a star, but dude, inside the world of Roseanne and the Connors, Roseanne is the star and so when this doesn't work out you're basically then going to bolster the other side and you're going to bolster roseanne and it's going to be see you should have just you should have just shut up for a few days let the let the fake outcry pass over and continue to do the show and continue to print money that's what you should have done and in the end that's what's going to happen because how many episodes do you think they get through eight no, no, I think they get through probably if they get through a month, that's that's probably a success. It, there's just like I said, oh, I think they finish out the season just out of 
well, we got to finish the season. Out of the gate, there might be that first initial push of, oh my gosh, I'm going to watch it just so Roseanne sees that it got good rated. Like, but that's not going to sustain. Three weeks after that, people aren't going to watch a show that they dislike for a hypothetical F you to Roseanne. No. I, 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 just, I, I don't see it. Well, especially when most people understand that they're not in the rating survey. Right. Like, unless you've gone out of your way to be in a rating survey, you're not in a rating survey. They don't just randomly check TVs. Like, that's not what happens. You have to, like, enter into the rating survey. So, unless you're in that, and I think most people are smart enough to know stuff like that, at least I hope. So, I think most people are going to know, well, she's not even going to know that we're watching it anyway. And, like I said, it gives her all the power now. Like, when this can't be pulled off without her, then it's going to be like, well, what do we care what she says? She's the cash cow. And I've said it from the beginning. Somebody is going to put this woman on TV. It is going to happen. I wonder if that. I wonder if her on TV in a, in a, in a program that isn't Roseanne, that is just like, hey, I'm Roseanne, but it's not the Connors still. I don't know if that succeeds, though. I don't. I, I, don't, uh, know if, she, I don't know if it works in another avenue. What other, what other avenue did she have that was successful? Well, she didn't need another one. Well, right, but like somewhere along the lines, since Roseanne ran the first time, somewhere along the line, she would have been involved in something, right? I can't think of anything post that show that she did that was successful. Well, she ended up going back and was a very successful touring comedian once again. And then she was making the rounds as a podcast, like co-host for a while. She was kind of making her bones like that. I don't think people understand how big Roseanne was when it was big. This is one of those people that I think doesn't work because she doesn't want to work. And that ultimately she makes a lot of money being an executive producer of other things and, you know, tags her name on things and produces stuff that I don't think she was looking for a lot of in front of the camera work. People don't remember how big of a female stand up comic she was. And they also don't remember like the changing of the television landscape when a woman was hosting her show like that and a woman who looked like that, who did not look like a model, and it was basically over the her personality and not the way she looked. That was, I mean, dude, that changed the game when that happened. And I think now with the streaming of this and watching of this and everything's at your fingertips, people forget how special things were when they had to really break through next level. And Ro- Roseanne was one of those things that really broke through next level. I just think she's always had a ton of money and she hasn't. I, I, how many products did, how many projects did they put in front of her eyes that she felt were Roseanne worthy? My guess is probably not that many. She voiced some cartoon stuff. She did some stuff like that. I'm sure she made some bank doing that and she's got more than enough money sooner or later somebody's going to put her on tv but abc this is going to fly this is going to fly right back in your face oh we're going to be progressive we're not going to stand for this this doesn't match up with the quality with, with you know the ethics of our company yeah what your company wants to do is make money roseanne was going to make money now you're going to lose a bunch way to think it through morons quit bowing to twitter they don't know anything more stansbury show right around the corner hang on the Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. It's not. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Yesterday, big day for sports in the area. Uh, some of you may not know, but Canton MMA fighter Jeff Hughes officially won his UFC contract. Good for him. So the area now adding another UFC fighter. And I'm not shocked. Blue collar, hardworking area. I always say about fighting, you you grow up, you want to play baseball. 
You may want to be a quarterback. If you fight, it's because you have to. Nobody wants to fight. You fight because you have to. Fighting is a way to get out of what your situation is. Now, I know playing wide receiver can be the same thing. But ask any UFC expert. They'll tell you. It's normally, I'm in a desperate situation. I want to change it. This is my way out. My fists are my way out. And so I'm going to do that. I don't know a lot about Jeff Hughes. But if he's from the area and he's fighting in the UFC, I'm automatically a fan. I'll start to pay a little bit more attention. Officially won his way into a UFC contract. I believe he was taking part in that Dana White series that I think airs on Facebook. So that was kind of cool. Very cool. Congratulations to him. And then Baker Mayfield signed his rookie contract yesterday. But I think even bigger than that, because we knew that was going to happen, was the retainment of Kevin Love for four years, $120 million. Now, there are a lot of people that feel like signing Kevin Love is just simply he's your only tradable quality. He's your only tradable entity. So you lock him up, and then we get closer to the trade deadline, then you move him and bring back some pieces. Now, I think $30 million a year for Kevin Love might be high to really dangle him for that much of a trade. However, without LeBron here, his numbers may go up. Now, you can make the argument LeBron made him better. Maybe he does better. But I think without that kind of offensive production, Kevin Love's going to be what you drive the ball through. So I think ultimately his numbers are going to go up. No question that his numbers are going to go up and that he'll be utilized more, that he'll be the focal point of the offense on a more regular basis. So that leads me to think that, like, well, and it's, God, it's terrible to say, but, like, well, the Kevin Love trade rumor's already going around again. Um, That leads me to think that, like, yeah, he would be an asset to a team that thinks they're one piece away from getting over the hump but by extending this contract for this money i don't i don't see how that makes him a more tradable piece there it's not more tradable no i agree i think i think the money is going to be a little bit difficult to move now i think there might be something else to play here and if i'm kevin love i don't want to be traded if i'm kevin love i want to retire a cavalier he is i'm assuming going to be like the last piece of that championship team that will be on the court next year i would think i don't know well, I mean, you'll still have him, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith. Yeah, are all those dudes going to be around? Uh, it's at this point they are. I mean, you know what I mean. Like at this point, and I think you're you may see a package deal. But if you got Kevin Love, here is one of the big three from that championship team. And if he stays here forever, you're now that guy in Ohio. You're that guy in Cleveland, and Cleveland loves its stars. And he's a piece of a championship team. He's come out many, many times, Kevin Love has said, and Duden said, I love Cleveland because it's very, very, very similar to Portland. I feel like I'm at home because the cities are so similar. And that, dude, if you're him, don't you just want that life? Like, dude, here I am. I'm 30. Four more years, I'll be 34. I'm not LeBron. I don't have that physical, you know, capability to play like that forever. So I'm going to be near the end of my, my, the back nine of my career. Let's just ride it out and they'll build a statue for me and I'll be the king of Cleveland. I guess. Do you really want to be the king of Cleveland? You know what I Why mean. Like, I, I, I wherever else you go, you're going to be faceless. I mean, yeah, but like, you'll never be a bigger star anywhere else than you are right here. But you'll have a quarter of a billion dollars, and it's like, I don't know. There's a part of me that I see what you're saying, but like, there's a part of me that's like, does he really care about that? Again, I, the money I think depends on who you are. You got to remember, Kevin Love comes from Lake Oswego. Lake Oswego is like the nice neighborhood outside of Portland. His family's got money. Like, I think Kevin Love grew up with a little bit of money. And so, yes, it's you can... 
you know, forty more million dollars, whatever. It's it's hard to to sneeze at. But I think once you're in a hundred and twenty million dollar bill, aren't you? Now, if somebody said to me, "Well, the, the the Trailblazers want him, and he has a chance to go home and play for Portland," then yeah, maybe you do that, right? But if I'm Kevin Love, you're never going to be a bigger outside of the Trailblazers. You'll never be a bigger star anywhere than you are right here. No fan base is ever you're you're not going to deliver another title for somebody unless you go to a real real contender like Philly or Golden State which you're not going to do. You're so you're not you're not going to be any closer to winning anywhere else. You'll never be as big of a star anywhere else as you could be right here and this town's as close to your hometown as you could possibly get. There's a lot of upside to be Kevin Love here. LeBron ran out of here. Now you're the guy that stayed. They're going to love you. I, I, I guess to me, it's just that seems to me like fan logic of like, well, we're going to love you here. Well, I don't think players care. I really don't. Oh, I think not all players care, but you don't think Kevin Love cares? You don't know. Oh, I do. I think there's going to be a little bit of Kevin Love that's going to sit there and go, you know, for the last three years, every time something wasn't going right, it was trade me, trade me, trade me, trade me, trade him, trade him, trade him. And now at the end of the day, I'm the only piece that you got that means anything. We have no idea what Colin Sexton's going to be yet. Don't talk to me about summer league games. So at the end of the day, he's the only known thing that still has anything left in it. Nobody wants JR. We know JR's just about done. Maybe there's something interesting. We don't really know. It kind of disappears in the big moments. That's not great. I don't know if anybody's going to really, you know, necessarily be all in on Tristan either. So if, at the end of the day, I think Kevin Love's in a prime position to be king of the city. And I don't care who you are, you want to be king of the city, right? I, I I don't think so. I really how, don't. So how is it that every other conversation about this stuff, you bring ego into it, but the ego of being king of the city, you're just like, no. That the ego of... Of, of being loved and that that it's been part of their life their entire their entire life, but now all of a sudden when you can be the king of the entire city, you think, nah, it doesn't matter. I think you can go other places and be... Where is Kevin Love going in the NBA where he's king of the city? I think you, anywhere that you go, he's arguably going to be either A, the best player on the team, or B, a compliment to a contender. And oh, I feel like both... I don't know. I feel that. like both of those situations, you can put yourself into a better place than just... I think just, Kevin Love is now like a... You need a big four... Right now, obviously, look what Golden State's doing. You need a big four. Kevin loves your four. He's not in your big three anymore. He's definitely not a two. He's your big four piece. He's your fourth piece. How many teams need that? I don't think it's that many. I don't think that many teams are that close. I think it's every team that's a contender needs that. So, I, How I, many of those are there? I mean, are there five teams that arguably you can look at and say, like, hey, this would put you over? I, I think so. And I think that, honestly, like I said, I don't, I don't disagree with this because I, I, I think Kevin Love's a great basketball player and I'm not going to be upset about him being on the Cavaliers. I just don't think it makes a ton of sense. The from, money doesn't and, make sense from any From anyone's perspective, I just don't see how this is like, well, the best case scenario that we could come to. It doesn't feel like a win to me for anyone. I think if they move him anywhere and people are going to laugh at me. But dude, is he a Laker? I don't know what they're giving back at that point. Like, what what deal are you doing? LeBron would definitely want him to come. That's there. There's exa- no question about that's it. That's why I think there's a possibility he ends up being a Laker. Because I think LeBron goes, you know what? I know I can rely on Kevin. I know what I'm getting in Kevin. A lot of these other guys, maybe some of these younger guys, I don't know. A couple of these other vets that we're adding, you know, Lance Stevenson and, uh, you know, this other guy, Michael Beasley. They're all wild cards. And Kevin Love's not a wild card. You know what you're getting with Kevin Love. And so I could see LeBron saying... You know what? Let's uh, let, let, let's go get me a guy I know and, and I know I can rely on. I agree. I don't know what they send you back. 
Um, but again, I'm the guy that says I don't look for Lonzo Ball to be a Laker long term. And if you're the Cavaliers, don't you want something that sells tickets? And Lonzo Ball is probably going to sell tickets. I don't know how likely that is, but I don't see Lonzo Ball on that team long term with LeBron James. I just don't see that happening. I think ultimately at the end of the day, he is going to move forward from that. I don't know how soon that will be. But if I'm Kevin Love, I want to stay put. I've already got my title. I'm probably four or five years away from retiring. Why go learn another city, another community, try to lie about how much I like a fan base and this and that? You've already got all that won and over with here. You're the king of the city. Just stay put, ride out your four years, get your $120 million and retire and go back to Portland and just live your life and enjoy it. But I think that's what's going to happen. But I could see him tradable. He is the only thing on the roster that's going to get you anything in return anybody's going to want to go see. So I do understand that side of the argument. We do have co and Cambria tickets. We'll pass those out next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. A company in New Zealand says that a four-day work week was so successful for its business that they plan now and want to make it permanent for their employees. Perpetual Guardian, which helps people manage their wills and estates, recently tested a two-month trial of a four-day work week for its employees. They said it was just a theory, something that they wanted to try just to see what would happen, and they wanted to create a better environment for the team. And... uh, The CEO says, I'm humbled that my team has responded, and they went beyond my wildest dreams. They saw a stress decrease by 7%, and team engagement rose by 20%. That's massive for your business. If you can get your your, your coworkers working together, engaging with one another, better ideas, better things, by 20%, that's quite a bit. According to him, his employees also spent less time on non-work activity and more time being productive. So less time Facebooking or talking about LeBron or talk, you know I mean, more, less stuff doing that and more working. I think a lot of people run into the problem of if you work a nine to five, um, you miss out on a lot of things being open. Like my girlfriend will always complain about, she's like, God, it's just so hard for me to get to the doctor because they're open when I'm working. So if you give them a day within the week, like all of a sudden you've got Mondays off or Wednesdays off or whatever, all of a sudden you have the ability to take care of those things that you would normally have to be like, well, I got to take off early. You, now you don't have that excuse anymore. Yeah. I think in the end though, that this, that was true because it was a two month system. Once you put people on this system, they'll go back to checking Facebook because they're working four days like they're that's not going to continue over yeah time. I mean you're not gonna totally eliminate it but you'll fall back on bad habits I mean that's just the that's just the work that's just the human being I can't say uh, you know US worker because this is New Zealand but that is people right they also found that employees stated they were better able to uh, manage their work-life balance and again, you probably could go home and tell your better half, look, I got this one day, so I'll handle the kids that right. whole day. You you know, worry about this. Yeah, and I mean, just having the availability there to see your kids for an extra day. I mean, I know you're giving up something on the back end of it where it's like, well, I'm spending two more hours away from them on a day. But like now you have an entire day to, to spend with them. Yeah, this is why you got to not be so excited about this. I know you hear four-day work week and you go, woo, right? Less work. This is just another way that, that, that corporations are going to figure out how to, not, how to have less full-time employees. That's all. That's all it is. 
And then in the end, what they'll do is they'll hire more part-time employees that they don't have to pay health insurance to because you're only working four days, not five. They'll find a way to reduce the amount of hours. They'll put more people on the payroll, but less overall money in because they're going to get they're going to find a way to skirt around the health plan. That in the end of the day, your excitement and your laziness is then going to play into exactly what it is the corporations want. And then they're going to sell you on the convenience of it. What do I always say? Anytime you're getting screwed over, somebody's selling you on the convenience of it. And they're going to sell you on the convenience of not having to work five days. And they're going to play into your laziness. They're going to play into your not wanting to be at work too much. And then at the end of the day, you're going to screw us all over because you want to be lazy. Did these? Did this firm? Did they tack on an extra two hours during the during the four day work week to add up to that eight hours, or are they? It just- does not tell me that. But I know what our country is going to do, and what and this company already once did it twenty years ago, where it was like, no, 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 we had fifty people on the payroll, and you were only allowed to work twenty two hours a week. weren't allowed to work any more than that because they didn't want you getting anywhere near the amount of money that would have to pay you for a two week pay period, and then pay you the salary, and then have to give you the health plan. Aren't companies going to do that regardless? I don't think so. I think that this is what's going to, this is going to be the fix. And I've been telling you for two years, look for companies to give you more time away from the office versus more money. And you're seeing it right here. Everybody always, every time I, I claim something, everybody always goes, you're crazy. And then a year later, here we all, and then everybody who tells me I'm crazy then sends me the tweets. You were right. You were right. You were right. Of course I'm right. Of course I'm right. And this is what companies are going to do because they don't want to give you the money, but they don't care if you get to stay home as long as Sally's sitting at your desk pump, you know, pumping out your work. What do they care? They don't care who's doing the work as long as it's getting done. And in the end of the day, your laziness is going to play right into their hands and they're going to get exactly what they want. And then another year from now, you're going to be sitting there on Twitter, on Facebook, crying to me, Stansbury, my CEO is not fair to me. It's like, nope, your CEO duped you, bro, because your laziness will supersede your brain. And you're going to go, yeah, 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 no, I want to sleep in. And you're not going to think long term. Play the tape till the end. Anytime somebody's selling you on convenience, it's because they want something from you on the other end. What is that? Not having to give you the money. We'll pass out those Coheed and Cambria tickets. That's next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out those Coheed and Cambria tickets here momentarily. I did read this out of the CantonRep.com where a Maslin man had beat this child for nearly four hours. Man, saw that story on social media all day yesterday. It's terrible. 28-year-old man faces two felony charges after he repeatedly struck a two-year-old child. A uh, warrant was issued Tuesday afternoon for 28-year-old uh, Brandon Balog, I believe. After he struck his girlfriend's son, leaving bruises and broken blood vessels on the kid's face, head, stomach, back, and genitalia. Ugh. Kid was two years old. Uh, he's facing fourth-degree felony charges of domestic violence and a third-degree felony charge of child endangering. A photo of the boy's injuries has been circulating on Facebook. And... Uh, so obviously, you know, people had reported that the 21-year-old mother faces a misdemeanor of child endangering accused of failing to report the incident. A third party called police after observing the injuries on the boy. Probably another family member, I would think. I don't get this. I don't understand the suspension of a maternal instinct 
to watch not even the baby's father, but just some dude you have sex with beat your kid in this manner and you don't call the cops and you don't report the incident. I don't, people can talk, you can talk to me about a thousand things. You don't understand what it's like to be in one of those situations until you're in it. Fine, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. You pick up the phone and you make the phone call. That's what you do. That's what parents do. That's what I want you to do. Okay? It's time now we start getting back to a little bit of tough love. I got another example. I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So another star now, and she's a star, make no doubt. Demi Lovato had like an OD scare. She apparently was on some heroin that she got from Mexico. They they claim it's not very good. And she had problems. Right? And so now everybody's got their opinion on Demi Lovato. Oh my God, drug addict. Oh my God, this. Right? Everybody's got everybody's rushing to give you their opinion on what's happening with Demi Lovato. So I saw this this morning where a prominent person had tweeted out, you know what? Look at Demi Lovato again with this, letting down her fans again. And then I saw radio dudes who I know rushing to make sure they're on the right side of social media. People are terrible. How dare you say this to Demi during her time of need? How dare you? You don't understand drug addiction. You don't understand it's a disease. No. The tweet's right. Demi Lovato screwed up. And she's letting her fans down. She screwed up. And she's letting her fans down. And it's time we get back to that. And it's time we start holding feet back to the flame. It's time we start holding the human being accountable for their loserish actions. I'm tired of this now because you know what an intervention is? It's public shaming. That's what an intervention is. It's 25 people sitting in a circle telling you you're a screw up. We're tired of it. Quit screwing up. Get your act together. And you know what? They work. Interventions work. They work a lot. Not all the time. Nothing's 100%, but they work. You know what an intervention is? It's shaming. Sometimes shaming isn't bad. Sometimes shaming is what the person needs. And sometimes when you're a celebrity, you get so many yes men and yes women in your way that you can lose sight of what it is you should be doing. Yeah, artist, you want the drugs? Just keep making the art because we're, we're living off of your, your ability. I have no talent of my own, so I'll just get you the heroin so you keep making records so I keep making my money off of you, artist. No, no, no. It's time now. You're a screw up. Stop screwing up. Get your act together and fix it. That's not shaming. It's telling people the truth. And I'm sorry that that's controversial these days. But if I was screwing up, I would want my friends and family to be like, dude, you're screwing up. Get your act together. Otherwise, you're going to ruin your entire life. Interventions are shaming. Telling people they're screwing up isn't shaming. It's not. I understand there's a disease aspect to it. I understand that. But the fact remains, she's screwing up and she is letting her fan base down. Excusing away behavior because you don't understand the struggle of this and that is what continues poor behavior. Bringing sometimes, and you'll hear this in 12 step programs all the time. Sometimes we got to bring the bottom to you. Somebody needs to bring the bottom to Demi Lovato. Shaming her? No. They're telling her the truth. Coheed and Cambria is playing on the 29th at Nautica. We'll take caller 15 right now. 1 800. 243-7625 on those. Aside from that, done for the day. If you missed anything, podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. on WRQK.com. You guys have a great afternoon. See you.